Welcome back to Who Said This. My name is Noam Mukherjee. Welcome to Kulu. And on this podcast, we quiz one of our local journalists on what's been said in the news by a politician or a public figure. But you also get to know who are the people behind the headlines and the news coverage. So my guest today is somebody who's amazing that I've always admired from far. But as soon as you get to know him, you find out that he is actually one of the coolest guys to walk the earth. He's an SABC reporter. Ladies and gents, help me to welcome Sipo Stierman. Hi, Sipo. How are you? That was a very cool intro. I like that. You, 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 are, you, are do, you are doing the pots with this. So that's a cool intro. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yo, Sipo, so for people who don't know you, I always do this with all the journalists. For people who do not know you, who are you? Oh, geez. Okay. Um, so uh, name is Sipo Sterman. I've uh-huh. been a journalist uh, for SABC TV News. Uh, based in the capital city specifically, I report for the Bureau in Pretoria. Um, so anything happening in the capital city, I'm your guy uh, for SABC TV News there. And it's been a couple of years. It feels like it's been forever. But I've enjoyed it. I've had a good time. I've covered a number of things. You know, it's actually, uh, as much as this job can be frustrating, it's all mm. actually also a privilege to be in the forefront of matters that are shaping our nation, uh, matters that are, are forming the agenda, matters that people are talking about. And, you know, you go on social media and you see people's various opinions on court <laughs> matters, public public protector and everything. And you think, I was there in court covering politics. <laughs> I've got all the facts. But, but, you know, Twitter is toxic, so you keep it all to yourself and you save it for when you do your reporting. Well, I keep it all to myself. So it's, it's an interesting job. It's also a bit of a privilege uh, as well to be able to go out there uh, tell uh, the nation what's happening, uh, you know, keeping the those in power accountable and um, and try to navigate men, uh, managing the, the needs of the people, you know, also equally being fair to those in power because as much as we've got to be keeping them accountable, yeah. we also got to be fair to them. Our resources are limited in the country, especially with COVID-19. So it can be a tough balancing act, but, you know, if you've got the calling, as they say, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, man, we do it. <laughs> and Sipo, you, you mentioned that you work in Pretoria, and Pretoria is the capital city of South Africa, right? So there must have been a point where you had to go and interview a minister that you've always seen on TV or you've always read about in the news. Which minister did you interview or had to interview and you were nervous about it because you, you've always seen this person on TV? And give us, like, paint a picture for us. How was that experience for you when you had to go and interview a big name? Ah, dude, like, I interview ministers <laughs> every day. <laughs> I'm in the capital city. Uh, I do briefings every day. That was probably back in 2014 when I started yeah. out, uh, when I was a bit nervous about, you know, these big names. Uh, but now I'm like, you know, hey, nigga, we got to ask this question. So, <laughs> uh, I'm not nervous interviewing any 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 um, minister or anybody in position of authority because at the end of the day, they're accountable to the citizens, to the people that put them there. So you may hold the high profile office and of course, we will afford you that respect, but the power is in the people. You are there because the people put, put you there and you're accountable to the people. And we, especially me working at the public broadcaster, we are representing uh, the public and uh, trying to make sure that we keep the people accountable and uh, making sure that uh, they answer to the public if there's something to answer. So I'm not nervous interviewing anybody that's holding a public office because, well, that is their job. 
uh, mm-hmm. to be able to communicate uh, to the public. So there isn't necessarily any person of a senior position that I'm ever nervous to interview because I understand what the mandate is. I understand that they're accountable to people and I know what my job is and I'm protected by the constitution to do my job. So I've never felt uh, threatened by any particular individual. And you know, like it does take time for you to get to that point. So if I'm a young journalist and I'm thrusted into such an environment, what advice could you give me if I am going to interview somebody that I consider a big name? So for a young journalist who's starting out, like you started in 2014, what advice would you give them? I would say do your research because um, what empowers you as a journalist is uh, your knowledge, knowing uh, knowing the facts and knowing your story. So you got to do your research. You got to do your, your background work. And when you go there, you are armed with the knowledge, having done your background research, ask the relevant uh, questions, don't ask stupid questions because like, that's embarrassing. Um, ask what's relevant, do your work, uh, do your background work. And so you will never go wrong if you are armed with good research yeah. and background information. So then you can be able to respond to whatever spin they're trying to tell you. If you know your facts and you've done your work, then you you, you can be in a position where you are able to counter whatever argument that our politicians pose. Mm. Politicians are very smart people. Officials that are in position yeah. of power, obviously they start off by being politicians. So they're very smart. They prepare for media. You also gotta, gotta be prepared. So don't go there waking up with a hangover and not know what your story <laughs> is. Know yeah. your story. Get there. Be be prepared, but also be humble because you know what? When you're a new name, nobody gives a damn about you. They're going to yeah. be very dismissive. It's part of the trade. So mm-hmm. you got to work your way up. That's how it works. But how do you work your way up? By being prepared, asking the relevant question and knowing your story. So know your story. I think that's a good advice. You know, know your story. And Sipo, you are leaving the industry. How do you feel about that? And um, what, what is your take on the future of the industry now? <laughs> okay, trust you to go there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm I, I'm not I'm not leaving communications. I'm just leaving uh, the field journalism space. And I think for me, for somebody who's been there since 2014, as I've mentioned, that's like seven years or so now. Um, so I've just I need a change and mm. something else to challenge myself. And I need to be on the other side of <laughs> the scenario of, of the situation to just to get to gain the experience. But yeah. also, I felt like you know, it's as much as much as we you know we always report on government what they're doing and what they're not doing right. Um, you know, there's a lot that they're doing right as well. There's a lot that uh, our government services that are being provided to, to the people. So I think also we need to communicate that, you know, we're not led by uh, completely clueless people. There are people that are trying to uh, do their best. There are people that are in leadership positions that um, have the best interests of the country. And I think it's important that we highlight, uh, you know, those moments where we have people that are doing right so that, you know, we know that, so we don't lose a sense of hope. I think in South Africa, there's a sense of a hopelessness that we believe anything that is associated with the public sector and government mm. is totally corrupt, that uh, it's incompetent people. There's a lot of skilled, educated uh, you know, highly sought after people that are in public sector. And I think it's just a matter of communicating that, my, uh, that message to the people to understand that uh, we are led by people that actually want the best for us and actually are doing the best that they can to ensure that services are being delivered. Of course, we are, we, there are, you know, elements of concern, uh, corruption. We're seeing with the PPE, there's a lot of that. Uh, PPE corruption that is so but it doesn't mean that everything is no all hope is is lost Mm. so I think for me to venture out to be on the other side and just um, 
be part of the conversation in, and also be part of those conversations where they discuss service delivery and discuss being accountable to the people. And just from my experience, from being on the other side, I can be in a position to help out in a way that I can. So I think um, um, I'm looking forward to that opportunity. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, as journalists, we've been conditioned to, to like, find the news, find what makes the headline. So if you work for uh, uh, in communication, you'll be better equipped to communicate those messages because I feel like government officials are just thinking, ah, man, this is something that we do every day, but they don't know that it might just have an impact in how society views the department. So I wish you nothing but the best in your new venture. But let's get into a game um, as you're leaving us. So we're going to make this hard for you <laughs> so that you cry. Um, Mr. Stearman, your first question, uh, your first quiz, rather, not question. It's, mm-hmm. not a press, it's not a press statement. We'll ask you questions in the next few months when we want sound bites and stuff. But anyway, so <laughs> your first quiz um, is... This government has prioritized education. It knows that it is only through education that we can deal with some of our challenges here. Because an educated man won't rape. Again. Or do they? Oh, I thought they need to be civilized to not do certain things. Now I am disappointed. Sipo, who said this? Is it... Minister, ah, it's okay. <laughs> is it Minister of Social Development Lindure Susuru, or is it a Minister of Basic Education? You actually, you, you, you actually don't need to give me the options. I think, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's quite evident. It's uh, the Minister of Education, uh, Musa, Basic Education, Angel Musa, with that controversial statement saying education men, uh, uh, educated men don't rape or commit GBV, which is it's a bit of a reckless statement because we know that's not the fact. But I but, think at the same time we. We we understand what she was trying to um, um, you know uh, you know get to because it means education is not just about schooling education but if you are educated in matters of gender based violence and you understand uh, what it means then um, if you have better understanding then you can you can be in a better position to understand because most men always claim that some of their actions that they mm. you know they, they that they do they don't really understand uh, how it's hurting and how it's actually perceived as violence so I think with education and a conversation, men can better understand the harmful effects of their action. And I think um, education is part of that. And I think that's what she was trying to articulate to say that educated men don't necessarily abuse, but education forms part of the struggle against gender-based violence. So I understand the criticism, but I also understand where she was going with that uh, statement. Okay, you're right, since <laughs> everyone went into the conversation. Um, yes, I do get where you're coming from. I actually do get where the minister's coming from. I feel like uh, we are still battling, uh, our parents especially, are still battling with context and knowledge. You know, um, English is not her first language, so articulation is different and the conversation is different. But I do agree with her, and I also agree with the criticism that is coming towards her, because people would then expect that as a minister of education, you know, you support. Yeah, you gotta pick. You gotta pick a side. You can. You, you can. You can't agree with everything. You gotta pick a side. You can't agree with the criticism and agree with her at the same time. No, so, I, 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 I get yeah, both you. sides. I, I am Switzerland in this point. I do get both sides. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next one, Mr. Stelma. So, look, we have a simple defense, right? 
we have locksmith and I will simply put a lock at the gate and nobody will get access. If they break if if they break that, they break in the law. I'll have to then defend myself and defend the property of our family. Who said this? Is it number one, Edward Zuma or Dituzani Zuma? Okay, well, Dituzani Zuma is a bit more well versed and uh, well spoken, so I would think that I don't, I don't mean to be shady, but I would think that type of analogy would come from Edward Zuma. I, I don't see uh, Dituzani sort of uh, giving out that type of narrative in terms of protecting his father, but I, I would think that comes from Edward. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But yeah, Edward Zuma, I think. You might be disappointed in yourself. I mean, I feel like when, oh, really? <laughs> when we are emotional, we do speak out of term. And English, <laughs> English sometimes goes away. So, Sipo, you are correct. It is. Oh. <laughs> no, it, it sounds like him. <laughs> it does sound like him. I mean... What's your opinion on the whole Nkanda yeah. thing and the president not pitching up at the commission? Uh, look, when the EFF went there, I thought that was like, uh, you know, a storm in a teacup. I think everybody made a big deal out of it. Uh, and yeah, politically it's interesting, but I think sometimes we play uh, into the EFF's hands uh, in terms of like, we just follow them like ship wherever they're going. Uh, everybody landed in KZN about this so-called meeting. Uh, and then at the end of the day, we've got the spokesperson of the EFF coming up here and giving us nothing. So I think sometimes we also just play into this whole thing and just following them. And uh, what did we get? What did we get out of that meeting at the end of the day between the EFF and uh, Azuma? Nothing. They never addressed it. They never told us what they. So why must we play into their own hands? Uh, what, what you know? I understand politically it's interesting, but also we gotta be very um, careful and guard our resources in terms of that. We we don't always uh, just follow uh, the agenda as um, given to us by these political players. We also are just gotta be. You know, hold back a little bit. Okay, what what's happening here? Okay, let's let's just you know let's not play into their hands a bit. I think we also just gotta guard our you know journalistic principles when it comes to coverage. I think everybody gets carried away with social media just because the matter is trending and everybody thinks, oh yeah, it's newsworthy, so we gotta be there because uh, it's uh, trending on social media. Not everybody on social media is a trained journalist. We suppose to stick to our journalistic principles and our journalistic ethics and know what matters. And just, I feel like sometimes we give so much attention to unnecessary matters. I'm not saying ignore them, but the amount of attention we give to these matters, uh, sometimes I feel like it's unwarranted, but that's me. And I, I think what you touched on an important part or point when you said that the agenda should not be run by something that is trending on social media. I feel like as journalists or as the industry, we've given our powers to to Twitter and social media, and we should be controlling the narrative on social media. We should be controlling the narrative when it comes to politics. So it, it seems as if polit politicians are now running the agenda and we are just following, and uh, it doesn't seem like anybody has a plan. Uh, it doesn't seem like editors have a plan to 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 steer hold the ship. I feel like we're just going according to to to, to just we, 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 we go where the 
we, we go where the uh, wind blows. We go where the social media wind blows. And I'm not saying we should be controlling the narrative because if it's a matter of concern and uh, it's trending on social media, we can't necessarily ignore it. But we can't let a social media dictate a newsroom as to what is priority. We can't let social media dictate what is the top story. We can't mm. social media uh, dictate uh, how much time we allocate uh, to a particular story just because mm. it's trending. Because who are the representatives uh, behind that social media audience? Because mm. we know that influencers uh, mm. can um, make a topic trend. Uh, manip- make a topic trend. So mm. then are we not playing into their hands? Uh, so yeah. we just need to be careful. Uh, we need just need to, we need we need to be careful because these uh, politicians are popular on social media. Mm-hmm. They are trend centers on social mm-hmm. media. So we just gotta be careful and just guard our newsrooms and not let social and, media. Um, th- yeah. And some of these politicians now have more Twitter following than some of the newsrooms. You know, I know Malema for one has more following on, on Twitter than most newsrooms. And if he tweets something, of course it's gonna trend. And of course, people are going to be interested in it. But is it something that should be followed? Or is it something that should be taken as newsworthy? I feel like we still there's still hope, but nobody has a plan. And that is problematic. But anyway, since I still have a job in this game and I don't want to lose it, <laughs> who <laughs> said the following? I told, okay. I told him that I'm not happy with being on the phone all the time. And for me, it's not about feeling neglected. I also, I find it too, too self-serving. <clears throat> Who said this? Is it Somizim Shongo or Mohale Mutawu? Well, I think uh, with that union, we know who's feeling the chest pains. <laughs> so, Somizim <laughs> uh, has been uh, feeling the chest pains uh, in recent times and openly about it, actually. He's gone in various uh, interviews talking about the fact that they're facing a, a few challenges in their marriage. So, so that's you, that. It's not something, like, it's not sure? something that I pay particular... Yeah, it's Somizim. It's not something that I, I pay particular Are you sure? <laughs> I think it's amazing. He's the one who was going on about being touched by Mohale being on the phone. So yeah, it was trending on social media. Okay, I cool. You are correct. So now it's the three out of five. So we've got two more questions and then we can let you go, Mr. Steerman. And so far, am, am, am I allowed to... to, 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 to you can. Am I allowed yes. to sip my gin and tonic in this process or not? You, you oh, can. Okay, awesome. You're allowed. Thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> You are mostly okay. Okay. Oh, oh. (laughs) Okay. Cool. Let me adjust. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine now. Cool. So the following question. Um, I'm so worried that you might just get all of them, which is problematic. So here's the following question. I just had um I just had my vaccination. I must say. First, I was terrified of this long needle that was going to be embedded in my arm. But it happened so quickly, so easily. It was just quick. It was just a prick on my flesh. Who said this? Is it Minister Zulim Kisa or President Cyril Ramaphosa? 
All right. So, uh, just to be when uh, just to clear this out, when the minister and the president were receiving uh, their vaccinations in Cape Town, uh, our provincial government here in Gauteng, and the Makura and them, the premier, were also receiving theirs. Uh, so I was out there covering and not watching the president. <laughs> but I would think. But I would think that the president would have said that because, I mean, uh, Minister Mkiz is a doctor, so he shouldn't be afraid of needles <laughs> and going into, you know, and injections. So I think President Suramaposa would have said this because he's not from the medical field and uh, he should never be frightened by needles. Whereas, but he's got those big cows that they're always, you know, uh, what is it, vaccinating or whatever. And you, yeah, but isn't vaccinating is, you know, like, himself? There are doctors who are afraid of blood. I, I, I and Mkisa hasn't I been a doctor that. in such a long time. He hasn't been a practicing doctor in such a long time, I understand. But I, I would think that Ramaphosa said this. Okay. Uh, are you sure? Are we going with Ramaphosa? I, I'm going with Ramaphosa. Excuses, excuses. But anyway, simple Stearman, you are correct. Four out of five. Okay, listen to you. Okay, Mr. Journalist. This one, this is the last one. And uh, hmm, let's see. I hope you just get one more. (laughs) Just one. (laughs) Okay, simple. Let's do this. We we indicated that we wanted to add more charges with regard to the last to the latest accused, which is Mr. Mahashu. Who said this? Is it NPA spokesperson Pindi Mjuan Mjuan? How do you say Pindi's surname? Pindi Mjuan don't, don't get me involved there. Pronunciation is involved. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so, no. Oh, oh Sipo Nguema. Is From it, the NPA. Yes. Is it Pindi Ndwane or Sipo yeah. Nguema? <laughs> okay. So, the uh, I, I wasn't paying attention to the whole Isma Fashule thing. Uh, but I know that the Hawks are, are the ones that investigate and would hand the docket to the NPA and the NPA are responsible for the charges. So that has to be a Paul from the NPA who would have spoken uh, with regards to that. If uh, my... Pindi is also, understand- spoke, is also NPA. Wait, saying? wait, which Pindi? Wait, wait, wait. Um, oh, crap. You're talking about Pindi from um, Mutra, the Gauteng... Uh, pro- yes, from the Gauteng provincial level and also... Uh, the NPA at a national level, right? So mm. now you're putting now you're putting me in the in the tough. I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, which court is he appearing in? If you can give me a clue. <laughs> Bloomfontein. Then it's it's gotta be uh, the national spokesperson uh, <laughs> who would have commented on that. You are correct. <laughs> you got all five. Nice one for somebody. <laughs> For someone who is not paying attention to what's been said in the news this week, you did very well. Well, thank you. I mean, I don't necessarily pay all the attention, but I'm clued up. <laughs> yeah, but you're very clued up, and I, I like how you can tell the difference between, like, not that anybody can't, but like how you anal- analyze the whole situation. Like, Dr. Mkise, he's a doctor, of course, he's used to needles, you know, Simpio is nation, Sipo's national, and 
uh, Uban Usomizi has been the one feeling pains this week. So um, you, you have, you've got an amazing brain. Oh, thank you. Good to hear that from another. Good, good to hear that from another amazing journalist. And uh, yeah, man, um, hope you push on the struggle. But I'm getting out of here. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you my last question as we closing. Um, what is your last message to the industry? Your departing words. Your goodbye. See you um, look, on the it- other side of the press statement. <laughs> Uh, look, I, I just think, like we just discussed right now, I just think that we just need to guard our newsrooms, we need to guard our editorial guidelines, uh, you know, from influences by social media. Politicians are big on social media, they have great following, and then they can make certain subjects appear to be big. Uh, they can make certain topics that are of their interest trend. And then if we're going to play into those hands and if we're not going to apply our journalistic uh, principles to say, wait a minute, is this really a matter of public interest or is it a matter that has been, you know, um, curated to uh, trend on social media by the interested political players? So we just got to be, we just got to guard our newsrooms and not forget who we are representing because I feel often we play into the hands of the politicians and uh, we allow social media to dictate often and i'm not saying we must ignore it but it must not dictate it must not tell us what we should be doing in our newsrooms we should stick to our um uh, you know journalistic principles and remember um, especially from me i come from a public uh, public uh, broadcaster we're serving the people first and none of these uh, are players because every politician has a hidden agenda and that is to get that vote when it's election time mm-hmm. okay Sipo, I'd like to say thank you so much for giving us this time. And uh, for everybody who actually enjoyed this uh, podcast, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Also comment below and click that notification button so that every time we post a new video, you are the first to see it. Until the next episode, I would like to say thank you to my guest and goodbye.